went into senior high school studying um, science. Actually, I had a I have a biology, physics, and chemistry background, nice. and Seriously. I do remember at the time I, yeah, yeah, I I did I did science, <laughs> and I do remember after the time I had completed senior high school, I was like, um, I to be quite honest, engineering is not a thing that I want to do. Um, I'm looking at the other science courses. I was like, no, I'm not gonna. I want to do. And I had watched this movie called Boss Baby. It, it was a cartoon. Yes, I know. You, you exactly. <laughs> I told my accounting teacher the same story, and she was nuts the whole time. She was laughing in 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 her office. But Boss Baby is the reason why I went to business school. Boss Baby is the reason why I did accounting, and Boss Baby is the reason why I'm here now. So, yep, that that is it for me. So welcome everyone again to the Doors Within Us podcast. I'm Jacob Fortin, the host of this podcast. Uh, This is a a continuation of our collaboration with the African Diaspora Network. um, And we are profiling some amazing entrepreneurs. Um, So far, we have done uh, nine entrepreneurs within the Builders of Africa's Future uh, program. And I'm honored and simply um, excited to be uh, part of this conversation. Uh, I don't think this is going to be an episode conversation because I have some two amazing West African brothers here uh, who are representing. Um, um, uh, to be fair, you know, this is the, f- the first uh, set of entrepreneurs within the, uh, the the program that are from West Africa. So uh, just a little bit biased because I'm from Cameroon. <laughs> but uh, Victor... Yeah, that- yeah, you know, go as yeah. <laughs> uh, but go ahead, uh, Victor and Della uh, from Eto Eto Farms are here to share their stories uh, as part of our um, uh, part of profiling these entrepreneurs. So um, I'm really really excited. Um, thank you, Victor, for being here. Thank you, Della, for being here. Um, so for us to open up, uh, Della, you might start with Victor, please. Uh, just tell us a little bit about okay. All your experience was like growing up and um, child experience. Um, and please go ahead. Um, okay. Um, it's a pleasure being on this podcast. Um, I always listen to this sort of um, podcast, you know, to get some inspiration and learn what other entrepreneurs are doing. And I'm finally on one. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> um, um, just a little bit about me. I had a pretty ordinary childhood. Um, grew up with both parents. Um, went to a private school all my life um, from primary to um, senior high school. Um, when it was time for me to go to the university, I decided that, um, let me try something new. Let me just um, go to a public university, you know, to gain that exposure. And I guess it was a right decision because I got to meet my co-founder, Theophilus Mandela. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think that's pretty much it about me, uh, my childhood, my background. Yeah. And just to follow up, um, so did you grow up in Africa? Um, sure, sure, sure. Um, I'm a city boy. I've <laughs> literally been <laughs> up in Accra all my life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, in terms of um, um, my school education and stuff like that, I was, I'll say maybe a B student. Uh, yeah, nothing out of the ordinary. But for a kid, I'll say I was quite creative. Mm. Uh, always, you know, my imagination was always running wild. Um, people around me thought I was going to be like this mad scientist or inventor or something like that. But I mean, as time went on, I decided that no business is for me. So I think when I was about 16 years, 
that's when I discovered my passion for entrepreneurship. You know, I started out with these um, small business ventures, you know, reselling stuff here and there, and it was going well. I mean, at the time, it wasn't much money, but like I was a kid, so it was, it was a lot of money for me. So, I, I mean, like I was pretty much happy with um, the path I was taking, and I decided to you know, pursue it. So, for my A level, I took um, three courses mainly accounting, business, and economics. And I look back and I'm like, I'm glad these are the best course choices I ever made because um, in my road to being an entrepreneur, it's made me understand certain integrity of running a business and you know what I can do to um, further it or expand that business. That awesome. That's excellent. And by the way, Victor, you know, they say big sense hire a student. So um, you are you're in the right place, right spot. <laughs> just, made, yeah. just made the right choice. Um, Della, um, how about you? Oh, yeah. So I grew up in Accra, but I grew up in La Paz, a place called La Paz. Yeah. La Paz. And I, I think for me personally, I when as a child I suffered with speech issues. I was a I stammer a lot. I had to overcome that some way on the way. Um and then also I was quiet to myself. Oh dear, my dog is well, the dog is yeah. part of it's, it's all good. So, okay. Bring the family in. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> so as I was saying, initially from infancy, I really had a speech issue. I mostly stammered out when I spoke and I really had an issue with self-confidence. Um, yes. So growing up, I had to really adjust and I had to really take, you know, the reins for myself. I think I caught the epiphany in GSS and I was like, you know, I, I think we're, we're going to have to start changing a few things about ourselves. So um, I really joined the debate society mm-hmm. and then I got around reading, I got around speaking, I, got, I, I just kind of threw myself at any challenge I found and I, I just lent my way ar- around that. Um, I went into senior high school studying um, science actually. I, had a, I have a biology, physics and chemistry background nice. and Seriously. I do remember after the time I yeah yeah i i did i did science <laughs> and i do remember after the time i had completed senior high school i was like um i to be quite honest engineering is not a thing that i want to do um i'm looking at the other science courses i was like no i'm not gonna i want to do and i had watched this movie called boss baby it, it was a cartoon yes i don't you yeah, exactly <laughs> I told my accounting teacher the same story and she was nuts. The whole time she was laughing in, in, in her office. But Boss Baby is the reason why I went to business school. Boss Baby is the reason why I did accounting. And Boss Baby is the reason why I'm here now. So, yep, that that is it for me. Man, I think that made me laugh at the podcast, man. Boss Baby, that's this <laughs> <laughs> Boss baby, yes, <laughs> yes. I really love that character. I was like, I need to be that. I need to be that character. Yeah, man, that's why I love African brothers. Man, you can never expect something like that. This <laughs> 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 is so. It is so unexpected. Uh, um, anyway, exactly. And I think 
yeah at that time to my parents were like why would you want to do this because like i i i'm a good great student um and they're like i was like nah i really want to be boss baby and i i think that was one of the most defining moments of my life if that movie had not been produced i would have possibly be somewhere with a lab coat and doing some other things <laughs> i'm not lie to you about that oh man this is this can become a comedy man anyway um thanks thanks so much Dela, for, if you, and Dela, too, one thing that is very important is that the fact that you you talk about like that lack of uh you not know, self-confidence it's very critical because i think a lot of especially the way we grow up in africa um we have to discover ourselves right you know we grow up you know we respect our elders we have to just do what our parents tell us and sometimes we get lost as a person in that in all of that culture which you know um it has you know i guess the intentions are great right they want you to be successful but sometimes when we just conform to certain norms we can we, we tend to lose ourselves right um and you know that that the fact that you you know you did the debate team and all those things i think for the listeners there you know some of our young people uh they really have to understand like sometimes you just have to try things and do things and you know once you get through that process you learn about yourself and you become who you were meant to be um you know and uh, for all of us yeah. you know, many others you know same thing with asian culture we are put in silos right put in certain uh, i would say certain in, like a um, system that we have to achieve certain accolades to be considered successful but i appreciate the fact that both of you um discovered yourself very early because you guys are very young and i'm um, transforming uh the ecosystem in ghana with Eto fans, but also beyond that. So thank you so much for just being here, present, because your presence will inspire a lot of people. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I think I'd also like to touch on, you know, the cultural aspects, you know, um, you know, finish school, get a job. Um, I remember the line I actually had this conversation once. Um, that's why we, um, when we left uni, we decided that we are going straight into business. And actually, uh, when I left uni, right, uh, my parents wanted me to do this thing we call national service. You mm. know, it's a one-year work period. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't want to do it. I wanted to focus on the company, but they had already gotten me, you know, a company to work at. Um, everything was set. It was basically a done deal. But my mind was, you know what? I want to start this company. And uh, I stood my foot down and I said, um, I'm going to go ahead with this. And fortunately, within that year, we were able to raise um, some financing, you know, to get our business up and running. Um, we were accepted into a business incubator. Yeah, that allowed us to... Um, send our business to the next level. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And thanks for touching that, uh, Victor. It's just really powerful. And Dela, thanks so much for sharing. Um, for us, just let's segue into the company to learn more about what you guys are doing. Can you just talk a little bit about, because both of you guys shared, you know, there was this transition phase. Did you guys have people along the way that help you um, to really feel more confident about this track that you guys are taking? Uh, do you guys have a teacher that helped you, you know, or a mentor or an entrepreneur in Ghana um, that really helped guide you guys to a point where you said, okay, this is um, entrepreneurship is a thing I want to do uh, prior to, I mean, actually launching Eto Farms. Were there um, people you just looked up to that really, or people that you met along the way that said, you know, this is, you should do it. You know, you should, you should, come on, you should, you should um, pursue this, this, uh, this very, Risky but very rewarding uh, career. Um, I know you guys said you are an accelerator. Um, perhaps there were people that. Can you, do you guys have anybody um, that you want to acknowledge for that? 
Anybody, Victor or Dollar? Anybody can go. Okay. Okay. So for me, apart from Boss Baby, of course, which was a fictional character <laughs> I created. Um, uh, when I was in university, I was also into an entrepreneurship um, club called Enactus. I don't know if you've heard of en Enactus. Mm. And the, one of the reasons why I joined Enactus was most importantly was because coming from a science background, I needed to be in the space of business or understand how, how, it, how it operates so that it can guide my thought process. And through Enactus, I met quite a lot of wonderful people and people who were also creating their own businesses. Um, talk about Mawina for Biddy Green. Um, I am Matthias for Aquafresh, and then I also got to meet a very important figure who's a mentor for me right now, um, Kweko Saisapon. And Kweko Saisapon is um, the West African manager for a, a green energy and renewable energy company in Ghana, which is based in the US. And so it's around green solutions and things like that. And it's a startup that has been in operation for close to nine years. And um, so it's, it's getting there. But then you could see that he, it presents with you the opportunity to learn and understand how innovative solutions actually work within like the industry and how you can catch on, on those experiences. So um, it's been a great, great mentor for me. And I've gotten that input along the way. Yeah. Yes. Amazing, amazing. Um, shout out to to them because uh, in their space, in I know Ghana, Ghana is a little bit, it's way ahead, you know, in terms of entrepreneurship. But um, so there's that ecosystem there. But you know, to really have people on the ground that really make you feel like this is this a, this is a choice you need you can make and actually make a living out of it and do really well and do well. Uh, kudos to them. Uh, shout out to all those mentors. We need yeah. more of them. So, um, um, Victor, how how about you? Um, yeah, it's the great thing about venturing into entrepreneurship is it opens you up or it exposes you up to a lot of people yeah. um, who are willing to help you, those who share the same vision as you. Um, so in regards to a mentor, there's one guy I look up to in high regards. His name is Paris Tucker, um, mm -hmm. a management consultant. Um, he's one of the guys that really stood by me and, you know, pushed me to, you know, um, pursue this regardless of what other people were saying, telling me about the risks involved and the high possibility of failure. Because a lot of people were concerned that if I fail at this, it's going to set me back a few years. Uh, but he told me that, you know what, um, I could always enter the corporate world anytime. So let me just um, step into the pools of entrepreneurship and just hit the nail on the head. So I think um, I thank him for those words. Amazing, amazing. And I think for entrepreneurship, you go forward. I think um, you learn as entrepreneurs, I'm sure you guys know this, even if the failure happened, the, the network, the exposure, the risk that you took, and you learn so much about yourself, you can't you can take that back. It's just super yeah. You guys on us within our podcast, there's so many things that you guys will do beyond that. And then next will be CNN, you know, BBC, whatever. You know? But just like exactly. <laughs> the exactly. Um, I, 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 and I also wanted to say that it's also very important because we need to have young people in such spaces who are also doing the metering. Um, a lot of people who I say baby boomers, they really do not understand 
or they are stuck to certain ways. So to be able to move the way you want to move, you need to have somebody that you can relate with. And you need to have somebody who has been working in the industry, who um, is young and who shares in life. So that all of those things are very important in really shaping your mindset and getting you on, you know, to on this entrepreneurship journey. Exactly, exactly. I couldn't agree more. Agree more. Um, for us now to get into Eto Farms, um, the 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 the, the just a, you know, a little bit about just the work you guys are doing. Just really amazing. Um, I love the the the, the statement below. Nature at its best. Um, yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, what Always rapping. Always rapping. By the way, this is good work. You know, to have an idea, to conceive it, um, and then to build it, it takes a lot. You know, it takes a lot. Um, yeah, it takes so much. And please, I want you guys to share how this all gets started. You know, Victor, you mentioned you met Della in, uh, in, in, in public school. And uh, maybe yeah. you guys took a break from me there. Can you just give us an idea about? how this became an idea into a pen, um, pen to paper, then how we actually translated, you, you join us very tight here. But just give us a sense, and I'm not just saying, oh, you guys met and launched, but just give us behind the scene sure. uh, drama. Sure. <laughs> 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 I mean, there was, there was definitely a lot of drama involved. <laughs> The lack of speak more on the dramatic aspect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was it wasn't an overnight idea per se. Um, so initially, uh, I think one afternoon or so, the line, uh, you know, we are discussing what we we're going to do after school. And we we're looking at the agri sector and we landed on poultry farming. Um, so we said, okay, whatever, let's just give this a try. So uh, we started out with poultry farming, but we quickly realized that uh, the cost involved. Um, in running the farm is, it's, I mean, detrimental. Like the, the trajectory um, we're taking was essentially going to collapse us. Yes. But we didn't want, we didn't, we didn't want that situation. We wanted to remain competitive in the markets. Yeah. Um, so uh, we decided to uh, research ways in which we could reduce our cost. Because, I mean, if you have any experience in farming, livestock of any sort, you realize that 70% of the costs goes into feeding the livestock. So we realized that, yo, if we could reduce this um, feed cost, then we could compete against the foreign imports coming into the country. So uh, it took a while, but we researched into ways that uh, we could reduce this cost. And we came across insects, using insects to uh, um, reduce the cost. And so we tested the feasibility. We're like, oh, okay, uh, we, we set up a small facility uh, produced a few insects here and there, and then we fed it to um, some of the livestock we had. Well, and it was working well. It was working well. Now the issue was with scaling. Um, how are we going to scale this? So first of all, uh, we went to one of the national research institutes, and um, they, they are known as um, CSIR, Council for Scientific and Industrial Research. We went for some training. They trained us well, so we were able to scale the operations within there. Uh, after a few months of operations, we decided that no, let's apply to get into a business incubator. And the moment we did that, uh, you know, uh, we went to business school, all right, but then this incubator allowed us, you know, to touch on the practical aspect of running a business. So uh, it exposed us to a lot of um, things. We, ex we conducted some market research, solid market research that allowed us to, you know, realize the real potential of the business. That's when we saw that, no, um, this is, we got something here. Yep. So we started pushing on, yeah, yeah. 
Thanks, Delacro, to add to that. I will be, I will be great. Yeah. Thanks, Victor. Thank you. Yeah, um, as Victor said, exactly. So that's how we met. And, you know, but behind the scenes, I, I think, let me let, 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 let me touch on the, the behind the scenes because it's very important. Um, Boss, Victor, Victor, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the that thing is, when you're, when you're building and you're with somebody, you, you definitely need to come into... Um, recognition that you are two very different personalities, but then you are working together to achieve something. And uh, there is that push and pull. <laughs> there, 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 there is that push and pull and sacrifices and tolerance that you have to make because if you don't do that, you don't have a headway. Yep. And I think that for Victor and I, the thing that makes it quite interesting is we mostly take things lighthearted. And then in addition to that, we can talk through anything. I, I, I think so. So um, no matter what it is, even if we're on different pages, we just have to talk through it and we have to, you know, make sure, you know, those things are in, are in order. And I think one of the main areas where we were put to test was when we entered in for the circular economy competition, um, that was held in Ghana, of which we won. So that competition was quite a roller coaster for us because we had started quite young, um, but then we we clearly identified the funding was quite an issue. So we needed to make sure you know we were in those spaces for that funding. And right from the get go, I and Victor were liaising almost on every single thing, on every single minute like minute thing, right from pitching down to conversations around scaling and even to the final day, um, we literally stuck with each other and made sure that we did this and executed it as we had. And the thing today that's quite remarkable is we do have a very, quite similar understanding of where we want to go and how how we want to go there. Mm -hmm. Yes. Exactly. I know, I love this episode, primarily because of the fact that both, both founders are here to testify um, or oh, the co-founders are yet to testify that you know this this uh, you know teamwork, especially in early stage companies, can go really bad. At the same time, it can go really well and it can create a lot of impact. And the fact that you mentioned that Dela, like you guys, talk through things um, is really important. Uh, we had actually one of your colleagues yesterday on the podcast, and she mentioned um, this this incredible book um, about the five dysfunctions of a team. And one of the main things that he, that the book she recommended, and the thing that she mentioned, the five dysfunctions, you know, he said like lack of trust, intimidation, and fear, um, you know, um, lack of accountability and commitment. Um, and I'm trying to forget the last one, but trust was very critical in all of this, right? You can communicate through challenges um, because without trust, you don't even know how to tell whether you are, you know, if you feel like you can do this. Right, and you are honest with yourself to begin with, and to your uh, to your co-founders. But I think this is so so important. As flam- as amazing as it can be to build great companies, at, behind the scenes is where things happen. Right, when the lights are not there, and yeah. people don't get along. It's not it's not healthy uh, for anybody. Um, but at the same time, it's not perfect. Right, people have to work through things, and that you mentioned quality. Um, so I think these are the things that we have to be honest about. And I hopefully this, uh, hopefully this medium that I'm trying to use as a podcast is to help highlight some of these real, real challenges that people should not get so excited about startup 
but you also understand like these are things we need to address you know all the <laughs> i think they're laughing oh i just one more thing i need to add i have a very nice uh landlady here and she told me something that is still in my head and she said it's easier to find a spouse than a colleague you can work with you know like that's next level <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, yes, and my head has been wrapping around that thing i'm like gosh it's really hard to find someone to build something with especially company it's really hard and when i think about the founders i've been exposed to and the people i've learned i'm learning from i'm learning from you guys um i see it's a testament of like if it works it's hard than it, when it works beauty miracles come out of it so Thank you guys for being together, sticking together. Uh, you know, uh, we need we need you. It's a good it's a good role model. Um, so just let's. Um, what is the plan now? Uh, do you guys have any plans on how you guys can execute some of the things you're already doing? Um, any six months plan, quarter plan, and also how can people help engage with you guys uh, to support or you know come in as part uh, as investors or. Um, potentially, how can people reach out to you to become customers as well? Um, any thoughts with regards to that in your one-year plan or two-year plan? Um, okay, let me take the best part of this and maybe the largest flaw. Um, so in terms of our plans, um, so we are currently executing our um, third-year plan um, and we are seeking to expand our current capacity from six tons a year so about 124 tons um, by the end of this year, hopefully, because we just raised some financing, grant financing. So the moment it comes in, we are going to work on scaling the facility and scaling our operations generally. And um, in regards to meeting up with us, um, we have some, uh, we have a website, um, yet to work on that, um, still working on that. So unfortunately, I can't exactly put out the domain name, but we also have an Instagram page, which is managed by Kiplos where you could find our contacts and stuff on and LinkedIn page. So they'll have touch on the social media. Yeah. So again, um, just again on what we're working on, I, I also think it's quite important to mention that circular economy is something that is not often um, adaptable in the African space. Um, and so a, a really huge part of our, what our mission is to make sure that people know that you can turn out waste and make it into something that is profitable for you whether it's in agriculture or anything like that so creating impact in that direction and changing the minds of people to something that we're very very keen on um, and then secondly to uh, so far as partners are concerned we are really open to investors and people or clients that really have that we resonate so that we, we can work with them you can find us on social media at Entofarms on Instagram, Entofarms on Facebook, and Entofarms Ghana on LinkedIn. Um, you can easily reach us, and then you could see who we are, and we could share with with you. You know, building and moving together. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, and I'll add the links in the description as well, so that people can look verified as well. Uh, thank you guys so much. Um, now, this is the inspirational part of the podcast. I'm going to ask questions like, you know, um, what has been uh, kind of the ups that you guys have experienced and what has been some of the downs that you guys have experienced? Um, uh, what has been the best advice you received? 
and you know just some interesting fun facts so people can really get to know you a little bit better uh, so i mean Della, i can start with you um how can you just please share um what has been the greatest high or the greatest low you can pick one we don't need to know the low in my life <laughs> in my personal life no <laughs> we're not going to personal uh i mean I, in this journey for entrepreneurship um yeah and okay. i'm asking this question because i'm trying to understand um um the inflection points uh a point where you realize that no this is something i should push i should go ahead uh, not necessarily a success that you just felt good about yourself but a success that made you realize that this impact is beyond you right because i think one of the things that hopefully i can see both of you guys doing is uh, your next generation should take over eight farms or a version of it right um you know this is a legacy they're building it's not just a company and i think that's what i want hopefully africans should feel proud of building legacies you know um so if there was a moment and i know a singular moment is not fair because life is a very uh, complicated um, yeah yeah please, do you have a moment maybe you talk to uh, victor was like no this guy i have to work with this guy this guy is my high my high moment uh through the the entrepreneurial journey or you raised money or you met a particular investor and you're like this this is something that i should invest my time energy and effort into do you have any of those experiences um that you want to share oh maybe yeah sure they learn yeah from, the fellow they learn from is yeah. an option yeah okay so i think one of my highest mo- mo- moments so far on this journey was winning winning the circular economy competition because the build-up to it was very stressful we were in the studios we closed around 9 12 i'll get home very late to just move again and work on it um the scrutiny that came with it too was very very interesting so that was quite one of my highest moments um where i was like oh you know what this thing has got to be great and and, and like this thing has got to move ahead from my lowest moments, um, I don't think I have one on the top of my head. Maybe, 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 maybe it's because you know I've been put on, I've been put on. But I think one of my lowest moments would be, sorry, yeah, I just can't. I yeah, um, I I just can't get one. <laughs> no, that's all good. Um, I think at the end of the day, too, I think what I was uh, hoping. Um, uh, was to sh- was to have I mean the highs, you know, you know there's a great there's a uh, great uh, saying that success should not get oh. to your head, but failure shouldn't get to your heart as well. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Uh, and uh, either of them works. You don't need both. I mean, failure is not a prerequisite for, for for success. Right. You can avoid failure. Yeah. Um, so uh, thanks for sharing that. I think it's it's worthwhile. Just. Um, to- I- uh, I think I'll like to start my lowest moments. Uh, you know, one difficult thing of running a business is working with people. Because, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially in the part of the world that we are in, you'll find out that um, it's quite difficult to work with your fellow um, Africans. Yes. Because, you know, um, that loyalty or that respect isn't really there. Um, they seem to do what they want to do mm-hmm. and not what you tell them to do it. And one of the most irritating stuff Mm-hmm. is that they do it when they want to. So you realize that if you have tight deadlines to meet, um, it's, it's it's quite difficult to work with people. Like, so, I mean, that, that brings me to something an uncle of mine told me, and that's friend. He told me that um, 
fire until you hire rights. And that's really stuck with me because, I mean, essentially all he's trying to say is um, let go of those um, who are hindering you from making your progress and then bring on new people on board. So you just keep um, repeating that hire and fire cycle till you find the right moment. And it's something that really stuck with me till then. Yeah, yeah. That's inspirational. Um, and before I would let um, your co-founder rejoin, but I think we'll just continue some of the questions. Uh, do you have uh, do you have any advice that someone shared with you that has stuck with you or a book that you have read that has really inspired you um, to uh, that you'd love to share with the audience? A third option is, have you met um, anybody or listened to, have you met anybody or listened to anybody on YouTube that said, you know, give you some inspiration that you'd like to share? Uh, not not a pastor. I like I'm a pastor, it's okay, it's okay. I know some mm-hmm. Africans would like, I listen to my pastor on Sunday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, we listen to our pastors more than we listen to our own family. Like, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in terms of listening, getting inspiration from YouTube and other social media, I think that would be difficult to pinpoint because, trust me, I consume a lot of inspirational content, listen to a lot of business leaders speak. So, uh, pinpointing that would be quite difficult. Um, but one role model that I have that I really look onto is um, John D. Rockefeller. I think I discovered him when I was about 16. He said, he said two things that I like. Um, the first one that he said was, um, if your only purpose is to get rich, you will never achieve it. And, you know, I was 16 when I first came across this. I'm like, yo, what the hell is this guy talking about? Because, <laughs> I mean, I look up to you and you are like literally one of the richest people to have walked this continent and how can you say this like i never really understood but i think when i turned 18 or so like i, I had pondered on it for years that long from 16 to literally when i was 18 yeah. and i realized that what uh, what he said makes sense because especially when i started running a business course i realized that you need purpose um, to keep that drive because within the hard times you realize that you no know, um i don't have to give up i just have to you know look at the situation the problem and analyze how to fix it mm-hmm. and that's one thing i've really taken to heart and the second thing that i have for my fellow entrepreneurs is um, if you want to succeed this also by john director um, if you want to succeed you should strike out on new paths rather than travel the one path of accepted success mm-hmm. and this boils down to um, the conversation we had about culture in the beginning you know traditionally um, our people or our parents think that you know go to school get a job and <laughs> build a house type from but i mean if you look at our current economic situation here in africa you realize that that formula doesn't work for us mm-hmm. i mean <laughs> you could finish school with the first class literally and then you found wanting like you'll be searching for a job and you literally wouldn't um be um, finding one so the best thing you can do is you know just um, take the risk and start something on your own. Like, just figure out how that goes out for you. And you, you will just be shocked, like, where you end up. Yeah. I'm 100% on that. 100%, 100%, 100%. And I think um, that that's the future, right? We need more entrepreneurs. We need more people that Definitely. Um, extraordinary. Um, so, yes, I completely agree with you. And I think um, uh, starting a business, I think, is the way to go. Not everybody has to run a business, um, but to join one or to be a founding team um, 
uh, employee or just contributing one or the other things so critical. And you mentioned something that's very important, right? Um, people have degrees and they're still hanging. They're still, still figuring out where, where to go. Yeah. <laughs> and you end up hiring them um, because, you know, the problems are there. You can't be a great doctor in a poor hospital or in a dilapidated hospital. You have to be, you can be an engineer in a system where and they're not exactly. the trucks. So, um, thanks. thanks. And, and that's one issue I have with my fellow Africans in general. And um, we tend to um, complain a lot. Um, a lot of us also tend to, you know, want to go out for greener pastures. <laughs> Some of us are falling victim to that. But I think rather than complaining, um, we should find a way in which we could help out, you know, regardless of our level of skill or how small yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And they say little jobs make a mighty ocean. So exactly. uh, if one contributes this little skill, yeah. I think Africa could move forward as a whole. Exactly. I agree. I completely agree. Um, it's so just uh, an idea with um, just something that I would love to get your your thoughts on this or perhaps you know, just your um, your take on this. In terms of, um, and I think this is something that people need to care. Um, how um, what is one thing that uh, you want people to think about you like, in terms of your legacy? Um, and you're a very young man. You have like 90 years for you, I know. Um, and I, I, I'm excited about it. I like that. I like that. <laughs> you know, so please, can you just share what you, what you envision your, how you want to make a difference in the world? And you talk about your, the guy you look up to. Um, and but you know for Victor and, and Victor, I, I can. It's really it's very inspiring to meet people like you because I know you know I I get I. It's it's very it's a very unique position I find myself sometimes that I meet people before the they explode. Um, and I think something I love to hear, and especially I hope for our listeners and our listeners importantly is. How do you want to see the yeah. impact of the war? Uh, how do you want to see the legacy you want to leave behind? Um, I like I like the question you asked about legacy and everything. Um, um, I like I actually like to share legacy with John Dewey Rockefeller. One thing I really aspire to be is a change maker. You know, mm-hmm. I want to be looked up as that guy. You know, who led a certain industry, um, inspired many people to start a business. That's what I want for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, amazing, amazing. I mean, and that's that's powerful. Um, I think I don't know if your co-founder will be able to join again. Uh, but um, since we are on a specific timeline here, I really, really want to thank Della for giving us a little bit of a few laughs from uh, from a uh, mistake <laughs> you know as, as a team I mean, that, that's, that's actually one of the joys in, in working with him he's a crazy guy and there's, there's no doubt about that so he keeps the fire i mean in their professional and personal relationship yeah that's nice yeah. that's nice i wish you have a i had a colleague like that i would laugh so hard <laughs> so funny. Um, yeah. Yeah. no continue to please uh please continue doing what you're doing uh continue transforming um the workspace um transforming the, the industry that you guys are building um, um as always as entrepreneurs encourage others we hope to encourage you 
to, to keep at it. Um, I yes. If there's any way you can come back to this episode and say, okay, this episode should give me the fire to give on fire. I hopefully, I hope that is a, one of the, 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 the roles that this episode plays to remind you of the fact that now you're on the spotlight. You know, you are now, you're not just doing this for yourself or for Ghana, you're doing this for Africa and doing it for the world. So, uh, it's a it's a God-given struggle, but at the same time, it's a great opportunity to leverage and show the world how what you're made of. So um, I really want to thank you. As young as you guys both are, um, you guys are taking on big challenges, and and I think um, I'll be here to support uh, any way I can. Um, and with the African Diaspora Network, we'll be here to guide. Uh, hopefully, you know be there for you guys when things go down or when things go really up. Either way, you know, it's just a journey. And we're all with you on this journey. So thank you so much, Victor. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Sir Jacob. Thank you. It's really been enlightening uh, speaking with you. I like that you are giving entrepreneurs a platform to share their experiences. That's good impact here yeah, other entrepreneurs. Definitely, definitely. Um, to our listeners, so this is Victor from Eto Farms. Um, Della had joined earlier. Unfortunately, he had an important business call. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I bet he's just a pleasure to have both of them. And we'll see you guys uh, in the next episode. Thanks again, Victor. Yeah, thank you too. Thank you too.